Hey, good morning, church. Welcome. And uh, I love, absolutely love, gathering with my favorite people on the planet. How about you? Yeah. (laughs) And if you are our guest here today, we hope you feel at home. Uh, Welcome. We are in a teaching series called Unleashing the Church. I want to mention those online. We're so glad you've joined us as well. Uh, Unleashing the church, the big idea is that God has given uh, every person who's ever decided to follow Jesus uh, a mission. You've been given a mission. In fact, the Bible says you were made for a mission. And that the most important thing that you could do in your life is to complete the mission in which God has given you. And what is that mission? It's loving that one person who God put in front of you on any given day at any given time, loving them with the love of Jesus, serving them in any way that you can. Uh, And should they become open to the things of God, then take the opportunity to introduce them to the God who loves them. And so uh, we say it uh, different ways around here. Our mission statement is reaching those who are far from God and leading them to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Every member on mission. And here at Brandywine, we actually have what we call a mission strategy to help you accomplish the mission that God has given you. Uh, He's given you personally, both personally and together as a church family. And so let's, uh, again, say this mission strategy out loud together, one voice. You ready? We are ordinary people empowered by God, making a difference together wherever we are. And over the past weeks, we've been taking an in-depth look at uh, this mission strategy, kind of breaking breaking it down uh, word by word, verse by verse, or phrase by phrase. And, um, and aren't you thankful that God uh, loves using ordinary people? I mean, he wants, he, he actually delights, he prefers using ordinary people empowered by him to make a difference in this world that we live. And uh, I, I just know that you're here today because you want to make a difference in this world. And that's the way I feel. I don't want to waste the one and only life that God has given me. And so, I mean, we have a choice. We can either spend our lives chasing after the things that the world chases after, you know, which has no eternal value and um, it's not gonna last. Or we can live on mission and invest it in something that's gonna last forever. And the Bible says there's only one thing on earth that's gonna last forever. And it's not some big, some of these big corporations like Amazon or Apple, and it's not even some of the strong countries and nations around the world. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but the church of Jesus Christ will be forever. And uh, here's the deal. God did not put you on this earth to live a self-centered life. You know that, right? He didn't put you here just so you could make a bunch of money. And there's nothing wrong with making a bunch of money. It's neutral. You can use it for good or evil. But he didn't put you here just to make a bunch of money, raise a family, watch some Netflix at night, 
retire and then die. He's got more for you. God wants you to make an impact with your life. And he's designed you to make a difference. How do you do that? Well, by coming together with a church family and living on mission. And this morning, we're going to look specifically at that one word in our mission strategy, together. Ordinary people empowered by God making a difference together. The Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Check it out. He says, there's that word again, together you are the body of Christ. The key word being together, because by myself, I'm not the body of Christ. By yourself, you're not the body of Christ, but together we are the body of Christ, the church. And it only happens, though, when we come together and assemble together and, and make a commitment to walk together and, and to be the church. We're better together. And truth be known, you and I cannot even fulfill God's purposes in our life uh, by ourselves. We can, that can only happen when we come together in the body of Christ, which is called the church, together. Uh, what do you think God created this church? Well, the body of Christ, the church was created to be this reflection of Jesus Christ alive in the world today. You know, that's why it's our goal to become more and more like him, so we will reflect him wherever we, we're at and whoever we're with. Or as Brendan uh, Manning says, we are a living extension of Jesus Christ in time and space. That's who we are. That's what the church is. And that's what it's supposed to be, and that's how God created it to be. And you know what? The closer you get to God, the more intimate uh, in your relationship you become and love him, and this is going to happen, the more you're going to love and care about what he cares about. You say, well, tell me, Mark, what is it that he really loves and cares about? Well, let's look at what the Bible says. In Ephesians 5.25, it says, Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is about having a heart for the things that God has a heart for. And, and even more specifically, a heart for the house. And be sure and pick up your Heart for the House t-shirt on your way out. There's a free, yeah, there's a, somebody excited. Free t-shirts, all go, go, go for it. If your spouse isn't here today, couldn't make it, take one home with you, all right? Uh, but be sure and, and grab a Heart for the House t-shirt. Now, when we use the word church, it's also used as old English word that was often referred to as the Lord's house, God's people. You know, local assembly together as, as a church. Now, the question I think that we need to ask ourselves is, and obviously with the title of the message, do you have a heart for the house? Do you love the church like God loves the church? Is it a, is it a major vital part in your life? And by the way, this is not some preacher's idea. All right, this, the church, the whole church is God's idea, and I'll show you throughout our message today that that's true. But the word church is a term we often uh, use in two different ways. A lot of times we, we, we talk about the church uh, 
the big C church. You say, what's the big C church? Well, that's the universal church that includes every believer worldwide. The universal church consists of all the believers, past, present, future, um, who've ever lived. And so in that sense, there's only one church, right? We are the body, the body of Christ, the church, one church. But then the scriptures also talk specifically many times about what we would call a little C church, the little C, the local church in any given community around the world. The local church, which is a group of believers who meet together regularly as a habit, worship the Lord together, teach uh, like we're doing here this morning, I'm teaching, admonishing, encouraging Christ followers to live out and apply God's word to their daily lives. And then they come together. And there's a lot of things we do. And uh, the Bible says as we gather together to celebrate the ordinances and communion or baptism and, and to live out the five biblical purposes that God has for your life. And one of them, by the way, is that every member lives on mission. And the word church in the New Testament is used 104 times, all right? 98 of those times the word church is used in the New Testament, it's specifically referring to a local assembly of believers with the main emphasis there on the, a local church, whether it be Park Chapel or First Baptist or Brandywine or whatever. Uh, not the universal church, but uh, made up of all believers around the world, but a specific group uh, a local church in that area. And so all through scripture, we see the local church often referred to different names like the community of faith, uh, community of believers, family of God. You heard that one? Where do you get that? Well, well Paul says in Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's very own family and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. You belong in God's household, in your family. So the local church is a family that we are to belong to. And now, I get it. I, I'm very aware of, of uh, here in America, in today's culture, the local church has become less and less a vital part of people's lives. And uh, even in the lives of believers who'd say, yeah, I, I'm a Christian, I, I believe, you know. but Many of those do not have a heart for the things like God has a heart for, like a local church. And I'm sure you've heard some of their comments, you know, like, hey, I believe in God, I love God, but I'm just not into the whole church thing. And, and I, I just want to ask, what Bible are you reading? I mean, in the New, in the New Testament, almost a hundred different times it's referring to a, quote, local body of believers. Uh, in any particular community. Sometimes they'll say, well, well, you know, I've got my own faith, but it doesn't include the church, which is just completely contradicts uh, God's word. I mean, which, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? It doesn't change over time. And so, and we can't just pick and choose which verses in the Bible that we want to follow if we want to be a follower of Jesus. Um, another name for the uh, church in Scripture is the Bride of Christ. You heard that before? We are the Bride 
of Christ. Christ loved the church. He loved the bride of Christ, and he gave his life for it. Now, think about this for a second, guys. I've used this illustration before, but think about this, guys. What if I came up to you guys and I said, you know, I really like you. I, I, I do. I, I like being around. I like you. But not so much your wife. I mean, you'd be pretty offended, right? Right. Well, it's offensive to God, too. You know, because he is passionate about his bride, the church. He loves the church. He gave his life for it. And that's why uh, so often around here, we will say the local church is the hope of the world. You heard that before? You have if you've been around Brandywine. And the, the government, you know, when you think about all the issues going around, the, the horrible problems, the major key problems in the world today, the government and the military do not have any solutions for society's major problems today. Education, as good as it is, does not have a solution for the sin problem in this world, nor do corporations and businesses you see, the local church, God's idea for the local church is the only one that has been entrusted. Uh, we've been entrusted from Jesus Christ. He said, I've come, I have a mission and to seek and to save the lost and make disciples. And then he says, I'm going back to the Father and I'm entrusting every one of my Christ followers, you, with this mission. I'm entrusting you. So together, you and I have been entrusted with the gospel. And our mission is to turn unbelieving people into fully devoted followers of Christ. And together, you and I have the only message that can transform a human life and redirect it, you know? That's why we say the local church is, is the hope of the world. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build what? My church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that's, that's why here at Brandywine, we believe in investing in other local churches, whether it be uh, uh, here in our community or around the world, and partnering with other local churches in our community and around the world. You know, over the past five weeks, we've, we've, we've hammered this mission strategy you know, ordinary people empowered by God making a difference wherever you are together. Well, here at Brandywine, we, we have a heart for, for world missions. We really do. We, we, because God's heart's global, our heart's global. And as, as a church, we like putting our time and money where our mouth is. And we, and, but over the last five Sundays, we have purposely left out world missions until this point. And I'll tell you why. When we talk about our mission strategy, some people like, oh yeah, that's, that's what you do when you send people overseas. You know, I live on mission when I'm sending people overseas. And so it never takes a personal effect. And so what, what our goal has been in the last month is this, that you and I need to see ourselves applying this mission strategy personally first, all right? Missions is not just something that we send money overseas to help people or go overseas. It's more than that. It's something that we are to live out every day of our lives in a personal manner, at home, at school, or at work, 
uh, in my ordinary, everyday walking around life, I'm living on mission. God has a calling on my life. This is why I exist. Um, every day, at any given time, I'm loving that one person that God has put in front of me with the love of Jesus. So we need to see this mission strategy as something that we're applying in our own personal lives first before we think about world missions, all right? And because it's just who I am, it's just who you are. That's why God put you here on this earth. He made you for a mission. And once that sinks in, then you and I need to see this mission strategy as something that we can apply together uh, in the local church to make a difference in our community. And then as that sinks in, then we need to look at it as applying it together in our community, not only in our community, but globally around the world and making a difference. Uh, so Brandywine, we love investing in local churches. We love partnering with other local churches, both in our community and globally around the world. And that's why we love partnering with the uh, mission agencies like World Renewal to help plant new churches and support existing churches in countries like Brazil, Haiti, uh, Mozambique, uh, the Northern Mediterranean and Muslim countries. Our, your, your giving dollars go there every month to help existing churches and, and plant new churches. And over the past 30 years, that adds up. You've given, Brandywine's given over a million dollars through World Renewal just through, to help new churches and strengthen the local churches around the world. Why? Because the local church is the hope of the world. In the last several years, we've, we've also begun partnering with Saddleback Church out in California to equip pastors and leaders, church leaders in Africa, and, and now, here's a new one for you, Costa Rica. Anybody want to go to Costa Rica? Yeah. God has ex expanded, he continued to expand our influence of partnering with other local churches. And I, I for one, just love it. Uh, here at Brandywine, we have two people on staff, uh, full-time Jim Flood and, and, and one part-time Mark Tab. And over 90% of their time is spent just on equipping pastors in other countries for the purpose of raising up healthy local churches, whether it be in, in Guinea, Africa, or uh, Democratic Republic of Congo, which is a huge country. It's, I mean, it's like, so we have to divide it into three sections, like three countries. Um, and then Mali, Africa, we're always just, they're just giving their time to equipping pastors who turn around equip other, other pastors who turn around and equip their churches. At the end of this month, uh, my wife Kathy and I and another staff member and another uh, one of our elders here at the church will be going to Costa Rica uh, to train pastors. And some of the leaders coming to be trained are such influential leaders. I mean, some of them are overseeing over a thousand churches just themselves. So when what we train, they turn around and train others who will then turn around and train others. I mean, it's beautiful. Why? Because the local church is the hope of the world. And so um, it's our heart here at Brandywine to continue to partner and support local churches, uh, not just around the world, but here in the United States as well. I mean, just three months ago, we, we gave a, 
our annual Giving to Christ offering, Christmas offering, and uh, for the purpose of what? Helping uh, support three new churches, uh, startups, church plants, a new church plant in Muncie, Indiana, a church plant in Connersville. Actually, it's, it's been going a while, but they're starting a brand new Wellspring Center, a new mental health, just like ours with some of our folks. And then we gave uh, uh, funds to a new church plant in Dayton, Ohio, uh, through uh, one of our family connections here, and their daughter is involved there and son-in-law. And through your generosity, just one offering, $60,000. It was amazing. And so we want to continue as a church to be kingdom-minded like that. Don't you want to be kingdom-minded? I mean, by kingdom-minded, I mean not just being concerned about building our own little kingdom here at Brandywine, all right? Not just being concerned about ourselves and uh, no jealousy of other churches or in the area or competitiveness. Or, we're all on the same team, right? So, so one of my favorite um, partner churches here in our own community is Real Life Church with uh, Pastor Adam Dedimore. And uh, it's a great church. Uh, they share the same focus. They share the same mission and passion and DNA as Brandywine. And Kathy and I just love their pastor and his wife. And they're just doing a great job of doing what we're, our mission, reaching Un, uh, those who are far from God and leading us to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so Real Life Church is, you know, they're in a same, very same place that Brandywine was 15 years ago. Because today, they're having their last service in their old building, and next Sunday, they're moving on to their new campus, their church campus next Sunday. So Kathy and I went and we had lunch with Adam and his wife, Kristen, last week, and they gave us a tour of the new campus. Just beautiful. They turned the Family Fun and Fitness Center into um, the House of the Lord. <laughs> and so, and they shared with us that they were getting ready to hold their very first gathering in that new auditorium at a first Wednesday service, which was last Wednesday, a prayer and worship service. And so I asked Adam, I said, hey, you care if I bring my elders with me and staff and we pray over you and with you? He's like, sure. I said, well, we just love partnering with local churches like yourselves. Why? Because when you think of, when you look at on our mission board as far as the peace plan, P-E-A-C-E, -E, an acrostic, the first letter P stands for partnering with local churches, right? And when I toured uh, the new campus there in real life, Adam shared with me how Man, I wish this, you know, they've got 10 acres. He's like, I wish we had some more parking because we really need more parking to fill this up. And people are moving in and we're going to grow. I'm like, yes, you are. And so there's some old grain elevators that, that's on their property that really needs to be torn down and made into a parking lot. That's their goal. And he's like, yeah, it costs a lot of money. We're just getting moved in here. And so I could tell it was on his wish list. Well, because... We're in a church where the church elders in this church are kingdom-minded. They decided, let's go not just pray for them Wednesday night, but let's really bless them. Let's, you know, we're just kind of like, a, what is it, the, the cat and the canary? You know, we just come in there like, let's bless them big time, you know? So they met and, they, and we said, we're going to give them this gift. And so we've got that on video, so you watch.
my wife and I just absolutely love Adam Chris and really believe in them and, and uh, thankful that God put them in this community. And our church looks for ways to partner with other churches who share the same heart and the same DNA as Randy White. And, uh, you know, uh, churches who are kingdom-minded, and your pastor's kingdom-minded, uh, and, and passionate about reaching people who are lost and seeing them become fully devoted followers of Christ. And so we're just here to say, we want to pray with you. We see you and we hold you in high regard. We have Brandywine Community Church. And our church leadership decided a long time ago that we want to invest in ministries who are doing well. And you, at real life, are doing it real well. And so, yeah. we really don't care what uh, you know, the church name is on the sign or what denomination you wear. If you're helping advance the kingdom of God, then you're on the same team as I am. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit prompted me uh, a couple years ago to do this, and we were just kind of waiting for the right time. Uh, but our elders met uh, Monday night, and they were just kind of giddy doing what we're about to do. But uh, uh, we know that your pastor is not short on vision. And uh, he's going to have a lot of vision, and it takes some funds. And God's going to use you. He's going to use a lot of people. But we want to invest in that too at Randy Mike. So uh, I know there's going to be bigger parking lots needed here. There's a school someday, more church plants in our community, in real life. And, and so uh, we want to give you a check tonight uh, for $100,000. Oh. So you gave a check to real life this week for $100,000. And uh, <laughs> why? Because the local church is the hope of the world. And we are better together, amen? I mean, it is so fun to be in the season we're in right now. We are a debt-free church. And it's fun, you know, belonging to a generous church. Isn't it? And it's, it's fun partnering together with the body of Christ. And... Why, why does the church exist? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. What exists to gather and, and to, to grow and to go, all right? We gather and then we scatter. So number, number one, if you're following along in your outline, first we gather. And of course the church is obviously more than just about gathering, but it gathers and then it scatters and then it gathers and it scatters and then it gathers again and then it scatters again. And so, and, and I get this, I realize that this regular gathering thing sounds like outdated thinking in our culture for some folks, even believers. And I've heard all the cute little catchy phrases like, you don't go to church, you are the church. Have you heard that one? It sounds good, but it's so messed up because it pits going to church and being at church against one another. And they're both right, I know. So, uh, just remember this. This whole idea of gathering together, it's not some preacher's idea. See how many people you can get into a building? That's not it. The whole idea of gathering together as a church family 
that, that's God's idea. Let me show you. In fact, the word church itself, ecclesia, means gathering together, assembling of God's people together. So you just you can't get around it in God's word. The early church gathered together on a regular basis. And there's both biblical and historical evidence that this is a regular pattern, a regular habit modeled for us in the early church. Apostle Paul will often say things like, when you come together as a church, or the whole church comes together. And then when Jesus said in Matthew 16, on this rock I'll build my church, he was actually saying he would build his gathering of people. That's what that actually means. Now again, we do a whole lot more than just gathering together. I mean, if that's all we did, we'd be pretty sick, really. Um, and ingrown, I should say. But the assembling of believers has been a vital part of Christ followers' spiritual life for hundreds and thousands of years. Not out of legalism, but out of a spiritual habit. Isn't it funny how, you know, no one ever says, man, that guy is legalistic. He brushes his teeth regularly. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you that. Right? It's just a good, healthy habit to do, to brush your teeth regularly. People appreciate it, too, you know? And so gathering for worship regularly is the same way. It's a good, healthy, spiritual habit that we do. So don't ever get confused. Don't ever confuse spiritual disciplines and habits with legalism. And so it becomes down to a heart issue, doesn't it? Uh, secondly, Another compelling reason uh, we get like gathering together regularly, biblically, is B, when, when we assemble together in corporate worship, God meets us in unique ways. In ways that never happen through private worship. And we should do private worship every day. But there's something different when God's people come together. There's something unique that happens when believers join together in corporate worship that doesn't happen any other way. It's completely different when we gather here to sing songs like we did this morning and to pray together and hear the Word of God exhorted together and to give of our tithe and offerings out of an act of worship together and, and take communion or whatever. God reveals Himself to us in unique ways when we gather together, different than any other way. And so when people return back to in-person church, you know, after watching online for months uh, during the pandemic, you know what they'd say to me? It's like, ah, oh, so good to be back together. It's so different when I'm here. And that's true, isn't it? It's just different. That's their words. God visits his people in a special, unique ways when we gather and, and, and assembling together. Thirdly, um, we gather because worship is not just about us. This is a biblical principle. Worship is, shouldn't be just about us. In fact, he's given at least 30 instructions in the New Testament that you and I cannot fulfill unless we choose to gather together with other Christ followers um, in a local church. Do a study on this sometime. Look at the phrase one another and study that in scriptures in the New Testament. And look at how we are to care for one another, we're to encourage one another, love one another, and bear one another's burdens. It's so easy 
for us just to kind of fall into the world's consumer mindset and bring that right on into the church and thinking, now, I'm going to church for me today. What am I going to get, get out of it? But gathering together is not just about us. It's not just about me. God has you here for other purposes besides yourself. In fact, when I read Hebrews 10, 24, I used to read it, I think, oh yeah, it talks about the habit of not neglecting gathering. But look what's around it. It's so powerful. He says, let us consider how to stir one another up in love and good works. And then he talks about neglecting meeting together as a habit. But encouraging one another all the more as we see the day drawing near. We're here not just for us, we're here to encourage one another. Somebody's not gonna get encouraged when I'm not here, you're not here. And so, I love this note that was written, uh, Facebook can be used for good things, I talked about some bad things last week, but one of our precious dear church members wrote this last week and I got her permission to, to read it today to you. Uh, and this is what she writes. Kristen writes this, or Christine writes this. I sat in church this morning, looking around the church, and I was overwhelmed with the community of God that God has given me and my daughter, Becca. She said, when I started uh, going to Brandywine two, three years ago, I knew two people. We sat in the back in the top section and we didn't speak to anybody. But as I looked around in the sanctuary this morning, in every section of worship, there were people who have walked beside me now in my journey, who have mentored me, supported me, shown me and Rebecca love, my daughter Rebecca love, prayed for me and my family, and I just had this overwhelming feeling of gratitude. And so she closes out by saying, so to all my church family at Brandywine, I love all of you and I am so thankful for your friendship and support and willingness to walk with me and my daughter in this life. Folks, isn't that beautiful? I mean, think about it. You don't get that by listening to some podcast. You know, I like listening to Stephen Furtick and Tony Evans and all those guys too, but you don't get that listening to a podcast. So don't call that a church. Don't reduce that to a church. The local church is a gathering of people who are here to minister to one another, walk with sides, support one another. So number two, so that we can grow together. So we gather and then we grow together. The body of Christ is here to help us to grow and bring stability to our lives. In fact, God says we need to be planted in the house of the Lord to grow. We need, in fact, he used the word planted to grow. Psalm 92, 12, check it out. The righteous will flourish like the palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish. They will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. So the local church is what gives us support and stability. And that's why you and I need that in every area of our life, don't we? We need spiritual support. We need 
relational support, emotional support, physical, mental, you name it. We were never meant to go through life alone without the support of the local church. That's why he's got it here. And uh, we have what we call in Brandywine a growth track for you to find that stability and find your gifts and ministry and, and your purpose in life and uh, to help you to grow. And so our growth track is designed to help you discover your purpose and live the life God created you for, uh, for you. And if you look through that list there, that's our different classes. The first one was just a, a luncheon and a, a, an hour uh, class, but then the next ones, the next three are four-week four classes. Belong, discovering my church family. Grow, discovering my spiritual maturity. Serve, that class is discovering my ministry. And then share, discovering my life mission. And that first class, though, discovering my church family is where we actually, you get an introduction uh, to our church family. And that's where you move from being in the crowd here on Sundays, uh, from just being in the crowd to actually belonging to a local church. And you actually go to that class and you step up and it's like, hey, count me in. Because we don't know unless you let us know. Count me in. I want to be a part of this family. I want that stability and spiritual covering that comes with with that in my life as well, which is powerful. Uh, there's a spiritual covering, an umbrella the Bible talks about, uh, a shelter, a built-in safety net for you and your family if you'll do that. You'll come under uh, the covering of a church, a local church, and its leadership. Hebrews 13, 17 says, the pastor, the elders, the leaders of the church are responsible for keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare as men who have to give an account. So regardless of how long you've been a Christian, how gifted you may be, every one of us needs, ought to seek to operate under the safety and spiritual covering of a local church. Uh, and that can only happen if you step up and say, count me in. So we've got a video here for you to watch about our spiritual growth. We live out the Great Commission by growing and developing disciples for Jesus Christ. We mature in our faith through disciplines and habits on spending more time with God. Then we move into our unique God-given design and how to use it in His kingdom. And we wrap up with living out the mission and fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. But it all starts with the Belong class and becoming a member of the Brandywine family. Didn't really know what, what to expect coming into the class, but it, was, it became very evident that God still wanted to show and teach far more growth that needs to happen with, within me. And, and, and then also being able to discover what Brandywine's heartbeat is for its people. You're gonna grow in more than just your spirit and your faith. You're gonna grow in your relationship with your community of your church, with your financials. Yeah, I think it's kind of helped me discover who I am. Because a lot of my life I've been pigeonholed and kind of like defined, so other people defining me. So I'm first finally discovering who I am. I think it's given me an opportunity to uh, really look at myself and what my gifts are, some of those things that I may not 
have thought are necessarily my gifts, but maybe. It starts to illuminate for me um, um, what that mission is of this church and, and how we all can, can grow together in terms of God's kingdom and serving his, serving his people. So it's been, it's been a great benefit to me personally. I would say it's a really awesome thing. You might think it seemed like a lot, but I think it's been great for us. I'll tell you, getting connected enriched my and continues to enrich my journey. And so I would, I would encourage um, you um, to take that next right step, to take that next step in, in your journey, discover um, what you may not know about this church that you that you're serving in, um, the opportunities that it has, and, and the heart that it has for you to even offer this type of class for you. It, it just will allow you to um, come into a better understanding and, and I believe enrich uh, your walk with uh, the Lord. Because I, I, I feel like there's um, oftentimes in our busy lives, we don't take time to think about the things that, that this class covers. Um, why am I here? What is my purpose? Where do I fit? Um, and oftentimes we let the world define that for us and it can get us off track and this is this is a class and a time where it really helps to bring biblical truth to, to who we are, to whose we are, to, to what our purposes are in life. So I um, would highly recommend it. Yeah, thank you so much. That, there's nothing quite as powerful as a group of people discovering why they exist. And that's what our growth track is all about. Next Sunday is our Belong class. If you haven't been in that, we invite you to stay for lunch. There's childcare provided. We've got about an hour class and uh, it's following our second service. And uh, there's a QR code up there. You can just put your phone up and, and join right today. But uh, as you look at our growth track, that, that last class is called Share Discovering My Ministry my life mission, and that is actually going more in depth with our series, Unleashing the Church, where you learn how to share your faith in a comfortable way. You can live on, learn how to live on mission and get involved in actually the peace plan that we have here at the church. So, all right, so the church exists to gather, but that's not, I mean, to gather, to grow, and to go. And that's the number three, is to go. Uh, Biblically, the local church is God's primary agent for reaching the world for Christ. Jesus said in Matthew, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He says, now therefore, and he's looking at all of us as Christ followers, you go. You go. We're the primary instrument for reaching the masses the local church is. Why? Because there's so many around the globe. I mean, did you know there's 2.4 billion Christians in the world? And the average church is what, like 80 people? That's a lot of local churches. I mean, that's millions and millions of churches in every little nook and cranny around the globe. And uh, so that's, that's it's just beautiful. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this. After hearing all this about the local church, don't you think that God might expect you to take just a tiny sliver of your life invest it in the local church to help make this world a better place. 
Every member living on mission. That's God's heart. And, And having a heart for the local church to do that through. Okay, let's do a little heart check here. Do you love the church like God loves the church? Here's a a question for you. This is a biggie. You don't have to discuss this because it would be kind of awkward maybe. Would my local church be healthy if it were full of people like me? Ask that. (laughs) I had one lady tell me on the uh, going way out to say, yeah, I thought about that. I said, for one thing, our band would stink if it was all like me. (laughs) What would my local church, would it be healthy if it were full of people like me? Do I really believe in the, that the local church is the hope of the world? If so, am I invested fully in it? Outside of attending Sunday mornings, am I fully vested in the body of Christ? Am I more consumer oriented or a contributor? Do I mostly just show up on Sundays every now and then or do, and say, what's in this for me? Or do I come in looking for others to minister and encourage and build up and lift up? Do I look for ways to serve in the local church? Would my, would, would my church have 75 plus ministries like it has today that's very active if it were full of people like me? Would my church be able to support all the local churches and global churches and all the missionaries and leaders that we do support here at Brandywine if everyone was as generous or not as generous as me? Folks, there's no perfect church. If you're looking for the perfect church, you're not going to find it on this side of heaven because it's full of people like me and it's full of people like you. We're not perfect, are we? Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And it is the greatest thing you can invest your life in. As imperfect as it is, I just love it. It's God's plan to live out our mission through the local church. And uh, so, it's, and the scripture says this in closing, It's only those who are planted in the house of the Lord who are going to truly flourish. That's my heart for you, that your life would flourish. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you for your church. I pray over every person within hearing distance of my voice today that they would have your heart, a heart for the house, that they would desire to be a part of what God is doing through his church in the kingdom of God and helping advance that. Lord, because we are better together. Together, we want to make a difference in this world that we live. And some of you listening right now, you may be thinking, you know what? I believe in God, but I'm not planted in the house of the Lord, and I need to. Well, just tell him with your heart right now. Just make a commitment to him. Say, God, I want my life to count. I want to make a difference. I want to make it a habit to gather with God's people on a regular basis. I want to get connected and fully invested in the church, become belong, 
go from the crowd to, to a member. I want to grow and be planted in the house of the Lord. I want to, and I want to go. I want to live my mission, my life on mission. I want to love the, that person in front of me that you bring to me each day with the love of Jesus. If you're feeling distant from the Lord this morning, all you, if you need God's grace in your life and his forgiveness, he is here. Just reach out with a, with a humble heart, a sincere heart, and say, Heavenly Father, I trust you with my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I want to make a difference with my life, so I want to be planted in your house. Use me to show your love, to make a difference. My life is not my own. It's, it, it belongs to you now. I give it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Can you stand and give God the biggest praise? And Come on. Come on, let's do it. We love you, Lord. If you said yes to God today, I want to encourage you to go to the yes table. If you said yes online, check that box. We'll get you some information, a new believer's Bible. There is joy in the house of the Lord. Let's sing it as we leave today.